0: Com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now, with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Amazing Grace. We have gone more than halfway through the list. What list, you say? Well, the second of three lists that the Apostle Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the first list is a list of trials, of obstacles, of difficulties, of sacrifices that he endured in order to serve Christ, and which he, by implication, says that all of God's people should expect to have to endure in order to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called upon to sacrifice. We're called upon to take up our cross daily and to follow him. And so don't be shocked, don't be taken back, don't be troubled when you find yourself in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, the list of nine things that he gives us in verses four and five, but then he follows that up, as you know, if you're a regular listener to this broadcast, he follows that up with a list of nine things qualities, nine graces, nine nine um, helpful elements that God will give to those so that we may face our trials victoriously and that we may serve him effectively. And what are those? How do we serve Christ in an effective way in spite of these kinds of trials? Well, here's how. Verse 6, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering. By kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. That's how. That's how. Those qualities, they are all in one sense given to us by God. We don't have purity except being made pure by the blood of Jesus Christ, who cleanses us from all sin. We we can't be pure without his cleansing. But, as we know, even having been cleansed by Christ, there's still that pull of the sinful flesh back into directions and activities of impurity, and we've got to resist that. We've got to fight it. We're not going to be very successful in serving the Lord unless we are doing so by purity People need to understand that. I've I spent quite a bit of time on that, but it's hard for me to get away from it com- completely because it is so vitally, vitally important. But I pause and welcome you to this Wednesday, February 8th edition of the Beacon Broadcast and remind you that we can only continue this ministry as we receive financial help from radio listeners just like you. By purity every now and then you'll hear some bible teacher, some pastor, some evangelist, some some somebody in public ministry who will discard the, the necessity of purity. We don't we don't have to worry about that anymore. We're saved by grace. Grace covers everything. We don't be so legalistic as to demand that Christians live pure lives. I'm sorry It's not being legalistic to tell you what the Bible says. Here it is. Nine things we need in order to be able to serve Christ effectively. And the first one is purity. We need to have purity. We need to recognize the need for purity. We need to guard against impurity as it assaults us on every side. We cannot accept impurity as an acceptable element of a God-honoring Christian life. It's just not true. It's not so. Anybody who tells you that is telling you that which is not true. They may be telling you something that you want to hear, but it is not truth. And you know that. I think deep down in your heart you know that. I know you know that if you're a true Christian. You know that. God requires purity. God grants purity by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, but we must fight for purity. And as we stumble to confess our sins, and He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and then we endeavor by His help and grace to go on in a life of purity, not impurity. We do not accept impurity as normal, as legitimate in the life of a Christian. It may sneak in, and, and will from at times, but it is never legitimate. Get it out. By purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit. We covered that one yesterday, how we need the work of the Holy Spirit, who indwells all true believers, but he is more powerfully active in the lives of some than others, and he's more powerfully active in the lives who of those who recognize their need of his powerful activity and seek a greater measure of his power. And he loves to grant that request. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But having reached that point in our list, we've we've talked about purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, and the Holy Spirit. That's five. So we are halfway, more than halfway, of the list of nine, but we're now ready for number six, which is sincere love. Sincere love. Isn't that interesting? What does that mean? That means unhypocritical love. That means genuine love. There's a lot of talk about love, which is just a show. It's not genuine love. It's faked. It is a put-on, but it's not real. Here's what Paul said in Romans 12, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cleave to what is good. Let love be without hypocrisy. That is, in essence is the same thing that Paul is saying here when he says by sincere love that word sincere has the idea of unhypocritical unmixed this is this is not love mixed with other things mixed with envy mixed with with uh, ill will mixed with hatred how many times people are professing love But they're demonstrating the opposite. That's what the Bible tells us to correct. Stop doing that. Stop talking to people about how much you love them if you aren't showing that you love them. Oh, I just love you so much that I don't care to be around you. Oh, I just love you so much that I'm not going to inconvenience myself in any way to help you. Oh, I just love you so much that even though I see you in need and I could help, I'm not going to do it. Hypocrisy! Hypocrisy! Get that out of your life. Oh, we just love you so much. We, we just love you, preacher. Just love this church, but you never come. You absence yourself. You don't demonstrate by your actions any love for the church. And, of course, the church is people. You don't demonstrate any love for the people of this church. You don't demonstrate that you really love this pastor, but you love to say it. Oh, I love you so much. We love you so much. Stop saying it and showing it. Let's have some sincere love, not this empty, puffy, frothy nonsense that people call love, not this expression of love, but the demonstration of love. That's what we need if we're going to be effective in our service for Christ, and if we're going to overcome these trials that all of us can expect in life. Purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, and by sincere love. We have all, I'm sure, at times, heard an explanation of the different words for love in the Greek language, particularly in the Greek New Testament. And most of us know that the most common word for love is agape, or sometimes pronounced agape, agape love. And we're told that that is the highest the highest level of love, and I think that is true. We're told that that is the kind of love that God has this is this divine love is agape love when the bible tells us that the god so loved the world the word is agape he loves loved the world with that kind of love sometimes however in picking up some of the elements of this love we contrast it with other types of love and in in some ways i think misrepresent it we act as if, for example, that agape love is completely volitional and is not at all emotional. And I I prob- I know I've been guilty of saying that in years gone by. I heard it. I read it. I thought it must be so. I've passed that on. But as I've continued to study Scripture, I have learned that there are a few places in Scripture where agape love is clearly emotional. It does have an emotional side to it. So, we have to be careful in making these strong either-or statements. It is it is this, and it is not that. No, it is actually this and that. There is an emotional element to agape love, but it is strongly volitional. What do I mean by that? It's a decision. It's a choice. It is action that we take because we know it's the right thing to do. And we want to demonstrate love. And so if your enemy hunger, said Jesus, you feed him. And if he's thirsty, you give him to drink. Not because you have an emotional attraction to your enemy. It may very well be that God will give you an emotional love for your enemy, and that's what you want but the truth is, you can demonstrate love, you can you can perform love, if I can put it that way, you can exercise love, even if your emotions don't fuel that action. You can make a decision, you can make a choice. I'm going to do something good for that person. And that's good advice. If you have have somebody, somebody in your family, somebody at work, somebody at church that you are having difficulty, having a good relationship with, and you'd really, if you just had your druthers, you would rather not have that person in your life. But God has arranged that that person is in your life, and you have certain God-ordained responsibilities to that person, including, and maybe above everything else, to love them. So how do you do it? How, How do you work on improving this relationship? Do something for them, something that demonstrates kindness, that demonstrates sacrifice. Uh, bake them a pie or a cake and take it to them if that's appropriate in that situation or whatever is appropriate, but do something. Uh, help them out with a, with a chore that they need some help with. Maybe you've got some expertise in an area and you can help them fix something at their house or uh, there's, there's, there's hundreds of things that you can do to act demonstrate kindness, a loving kindness, a sincere love that will open the door for an improved relationship. That's what we need. Purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, and sincere love. May God help us to exercise that to the glory of Christ. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.